morning once again. The word of God this morning comes from Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Gospel of Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. And they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. And some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, Get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think one of the unique characteristics of our Christian faith is our belief in the incarnation of Jesus, that God himself became human, that God became one of us and walked among us. And I think one of the important things that the incarnation teaches us is the affirmation of our body. It reminds us that we are embodied beings. We are people with bodies, not like just brains walking on sticks. And we don't just think about God, but we embody our faith through the way that we live. And we are called to love God not just with one aspect of our being, but with all of who we are. And I think we see a good example of that in today's text. In the beginning of today's text, we find Jesus in Capernaum. And so many people have come to see and hear Jesus that the house was literally bursting with people. And what I want to bring our attention to this morning is the contrast that Mark paints for us in this story. In today's text, verse 3 and verse 6 are set in opposition to each other. Verse 3, Some men came, bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man. Verse 6, Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, in verse 3, we read that there were some men who, who were trying to carry their paralyzed friend to Jesus, but they couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowd. And this word crowd becomes an important word in Mark's gospel. 
Like it occurs 38 different times, and there is an increasing repetition in the next few chapters. And I think the readers begins uh, like we're invited to ask the question of, like, what is this crowd, and why is this crowd that gathers around Jesus always getting in the way of the people who need to encounter Jesus the most? And I think what Mark wants everybody to be asking themselves is, like, am I part of the crowd that is blocking the way? Or am I actually part of, part of the ones that is trying to get to Jesus? And the four guys that come out in today's text are in, set in opposition to the religious leaders of Israel. Some men came. And if we look at the verbs describing what they're doing, they're bringing, they're carrying, they're opening, they're digging. Would you, on behalf of a friend, dig through a roof in order to get them to Jesus? To see them restored? We have to understand that there was a huge crowd. As they're digging through the roof, there has to be stuff falling into the crowd and all of them looking up. And this would have been an incredible distraction. Like as we are gathered together in this room this morning, like imagine someone digging through the roof right now, like dusts and scraps all falling, and like all of us would be looking up and wondering, like maybe our old church building is finally coming apart. <laughs> or, but we would be saying, like, who are these obnoxious people like getting in the way of everything that we are trying to do? And descending from the rafter, like, comes this guy on a mat. And, like, like, what is it? Like, this isn't some Las Vegas show. Like, what on earth is going on here? And verse 3, once again. Some men came to Jesus bringing a paralyzed man. And I think it teaches us that faith always finds a way to get to Jesus. Faith is an actionable trust. It is a trust that always does something and creates a movement towards Jesus, despite the obstacles. And these men would not be denied. Like, look at what they are doing on behalf of somebody else. And I'm so challenged by this text. Like, would I do these same sorts of things? Would I embarrass, would I embarrass myself if it meant bringing someone I knew to Christ. What lengths would you go to to bring someone who is hurting towards Christ? I think normally when we talk about healing or forgiveness, we are interested, of course, in our own healing and forgiveness. Like Because I know how broken I am, because I know how much I need Christ to put me back together again, but we have to be also about the other. And I love how just some guys in today's text are so interested in the healing of their friend. They're his advocate. They're breaking down the barriers for their friend. And the question is, am I living like this? Are we as Creston community living like this? Are we as Project Neighborhood community willing to live like this? Is the Church of Christ living like this? 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer is one of my secret men crush. He's, he's a theologian and a pastor, and he puts it like this. He says, the church is only the church when it exists for others. I'm going to read that again. The church is only the church when it exists for others. Now, what about the teachers of the law? They're supposed to be the religious elite. They got titles like pastoral intern, pastor, reverend, and doctor. Like they spent many years like getting their theology degree in PhD and masters. And listen to what they're doing. Verse 6. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves. And it's amazing in the gospels like how many times Jesus is about to do something amazing like healing the people that are broken, casting out demons. And the teachers of the law, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, are just sitting there. Faith will always work on behalf of somebody else. It will fight to get to Jesus. And the teachers of the law, who are supposed to be caring for the ones who are hurting, are just sitting there. And the one gift that they have, their knowledge of the scriptures, they're not even using it for anybody else. Mark tells us in the passage that they were thinking to themselves. Not thinking on behalf of the community and not teaching the word as Jesus is doing. They are thinking to themselves. Their greatest gift is being used to minister back to themselves. But when Jesus sees the paralyzed man, he says to him as one with authority, Son, your sins are forgiven. And he tells him, Get up, take your mat, and go home. And at these words of Jesus, he gets up, takes his mat, and walks out. And in the person and work of Jesus, God breaks and removes the boundaries that isolated humans from God and from society. There is healing that occurs both inside and out. There is a physical healing that occurs, but there is also a forgiveness of sin that is offered in the name of Jesus. And at the end of our passage, Mark notes that this amazed everyone. And this phrase occurs multiple times in the Gospel of Mark. Like people are amazed by Jesus over and over again. And once again, I think the readers are asked and are challenged to ask, why? They say, we have never seen anything like this. But never seen anything like what? Never seen somebody say that your sins are forgiven? Never seen a paralytic raised? Never seen friends who loved somebody so much that, that they were willing to rip through a roof in order to bring their, in order to bring their friend to Jesus and to see him restored. And I think the answer is all of the above. We have never seen anything like this before. But why not? People being forgiven. 
people being brought to Jesus. Churches and communities not living for ourselves but for the sake of others. Churches and communities living not out of fear but out of love. Churches ministering to our neighborhoods and to the world. Churches working for reconciliation and justice. The ministry of the church, forgiveness. The ministry of the church, the healing of the nations. Brothers and sisters in Christ, today we together celebrate communion. And through this table, God reminds us that we too have a friend who broke down the roof of heaven and came for our healing and forgiveness to bring us to life through his death and resurrection. And the Spirit of God invites us to this table and he feeds us and he invites us to participate in the work of his kingdom. And I'm going to read the words of commissioning once again that we read for Project Neighborhood students and for all of the congregation. And just the last part of it, and at the end, I invite you to join me in respond, like response by saying, we will, God helping us. So students, mentors, and congregation, will you go out in the power of the Holy Spirit to serve God in your home and neighborhood? Will you help one another to live with integrity and hope? Will you pray for and support these students and mentors and all our Christian neighbors to follow Jesus in their whole life while you rely on God's love, his grace, and his provision? And people of God, what is your response? We will. God helping us. Will you pray with me?